Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Great. Well, why don't you take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 18. So Genesis chapter 18 and verses 1 to 15. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Moreh while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I found favor in your (coughs) eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat, literally a piece of bread, so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seers. That's a, that's a very large measurement, about 30, 36 pounds. Get three seers of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender carp, gave it to the servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were ready very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord, my husband, is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard, literally too wonderful for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not lie. But he said, yes, you did lie. And then we'll turn to Genesis uh, chapter 21 and reading from verses 1 to 7. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave him the name Isaac, which literally means laughter, to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. I've entitled this talk, Sarah Laughs. Wow, that is just too wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Sarah has just had a baby. You you know Sarah? 90-year-old Sarah? She's just had a baby. I mean, that's just too good to be true. But it is true. I've just seen the little guy. You'll never guess what they called him, what name they gave him. Laughter. 
What a cool name. Hey, laughter, come here. Such a cool name. What an appropriate name. You see, everyone's been laughing, mocking Sarah her whole life because she's been barren, infertile, unable to have a child. What a disgrace. Look, even in your culture, if a woman can't have a baby, it really brings heartache and disappointment. But in my culture, it is just shameful. You'll have no security in life. Children are your pension policy in my culture. And in my culture, if a woman can't have a baby, it's like a woman without a purpose in life. The sole purpose of a wife is to produce an heir for her husband. And if you can't, then you're a failure, you're a disgrace, and you bring shame upon your husband. Most husbands, if their wife can't have a baby, would get rid of that wife and get themselves a new one. That's what I would have done, just saying. But Abraham, foolish Abraham, stuck with her. But then, about 30 years ago, I lose count, there was this rumor going around that God, not some local idol, the big fella, you know, the creator of the whole universe. Apparently, God had appeared to Abraham and promised him to have a son. And not just one son, but many, many, many descendants. A whole nation of children. And that God was going to bring blessing to the whole world through this nation. Well, to be honest, I don't entirely understand what that means. But my partner, Shadrach, Another servant of Abraham? He reckons this means that one of Abraham's descendants is going to be the Savior. You know, the one who's going to restore all things and make all things new and bring blessing to all people? Well, anyway, my point is this. After God had apparently said this to Abraham, this was the first time I saw a spark of happiness in Sarah. Suddenly there was this glimmer of hope and she got this spring in her step. And she kind of reminded me of the Sarah I used to know when she was young. Oh, she was quite a looker in her day. When she hooked up with Abraham, all the other guys were so jealous. They were like the match made in heaven, the perfect couple. Until they found out that she couldn't have any babies. Then they were like, oh, what a loser. Poor, what a disgrace. Poor old Abraham stuck with the loser. But when she heard this promise of God that she would have a baby, suddenly she got her spring back in her step. But as the years on, Sarah remained, well, she she wasn't pregnant. And noticing that she wasn't getting any younger, nor was Abraham, she started to lose all hope. And so out of desperation, She took matters into her own hands rather than trusting God. And she suggested to Abraham that he would should sleep with her maidservant Hagar and have a child through Hagar. Now, I know it sounds crazy to you modern Westerners, but this was like common practice in my day. You see, if a man, a husband, would have and would sleep with his wife's maidservant, that child, the maidservant's child, would legally be his wife's child. And so that's what he did. Abraham slept with Hagar and she gave birth to a son, Ishmael. But things didn't work out the way Sarah had hoped. Rather than bringing her happiness, 
It just made things worse. Now it wasn't only the other people out there mocking her, making fun of her. Her own maidservant, Hagar, started mocking her because she couldn't have a baby. She felt like a failure, like a disgrace. I guess there's always a negative consequence when you take matters into your own hands rather than trusting God. And as the years went on, she lost all hope, all wonder. She stopped dreaming and she became very cynical. She was now past the age to have a baby. That dream was well and truly dead. And her marriage was on the rocks. She felt she had brought shame to Abraham, so she withdrew from him. She was constantly bickering with Hagar, constantly trying to avoid Ishmael. She felt trapped. Her life was a mess. She despised her life. She despised her existence. And she became very cynical. And this went on for 30 years. But then, just last year, Abraham comes up to me. He's looking all strange, like he's just seen a ghost. And he says to me, You'll never believe what happened. God appeared to me last night. And he said, Sarah's going to have a baby. And then he started laughing. And he said, Imagine that. The two of us with a baby. Me at a hundred. Sarah at ninety. I remember at the time thinking, What have you been drinking, old man? (laughs) So I said to him, Look, there are enough people mocking you and Sarah already. You better not go around telling people this, okay? Just keep this to yourself. I don't know if he did tell Sarah. I sure hope he didn't. She's been through enough already. Then sometime later, in the middle of the day, one day, in in the heat of the day, We had been working hard all day, we had just had lunch, and we were about to enjoy our siesta, when all of a sudden, three strangers appear, out of nowhere. Like, literally out of nowhere. Like, one second, they weren't there, next second, there they are. Perhaps, I had started to doze off, and I didn't see them appearing. Or sometimes a desert place tricks on you like this. All I know, is I was about to go to sleep, and then all of a sudden... Abraham jumps up, like like literally jumps up and runs out the tent. And then he bows down to these three strangers and he says to them, If I found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you a piece of bread so you can be refreshed and then you can go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Now, there was nothing unusual about Abraham offering hospitality to strangers in my culture. In fact, in the Middle East, there's this unwritten law that you must show hospitality to strangers who pass by, especially if you're a nomadic desert dweller like us. So I wasn't surprised at all that Abraham had offered them some water to drink and to wash their feet and a piece of bread to eat while they rest under the shade of the tree. Our culture demanded that. But Abraham seemed to be going a little over the top here. I mean, he was really putting on the charm, bowing down. He even called the one guy, my Lord. But more than that, he ran. He ran. Dignified Middle Eastern men 
never run. It's shameful behavior. Lifting up your robe like a girl lifting up her skirt, showing off your hairy legs. It's just shameful. I didn't know where to look. Look, you might run. You might run if it's a relative, a loved one. You might. But these were just three strangers. And as soon as they agreed to stay for lunch, it was as if Abraham just hit the panic button and then he blew the whole entertainment budget for the year. He runs again, he runs, he runs back into the tent and he says to Sarah, quick, get 36 pounds of the finest flour needed and bake some bread. Well, so much for just giving them a piece of bread from the leftovers. This is going to be a feast of bread. About 60 loaves of bread in the finest quality. Now, of course, protocol in my culture is you always give more than you offer. You offer one piece of bread, you give two pieces of bread. But this is like way over the top. When Abraham told Sarah to, to bake all this bread and to bake it now, I heard her muttering something under her breath. I didn't hear what it was, but I don't think it was very polite. Next, he runs again. He runs. I've never seen the old man run so much. I was thinking to myself, slow down or you'll have a heart attack, old man. (laughs) This time he runs out to the herd and he chooses, selects the fattened calf. No one mentioned anything about giving these guys meat. And a whole cow for three guys? I mean, our culture doesn't demand that you give, give people meat. Which is a luxury. We only eat meat a couple of times a year. And a whole cow for three guys. I mean, if you're going to give meat, get a skinny little goat. That's more than enough for three guys. This is like way over the top generosity. I mean, Abraham's treating them better than family. He's treating them like royalty. As if it's Prince Harry and, and Meghan Markle themselves. In fact... He was treating, especially the the guy in the middle, as if he was God. Never seen generosity like this. Of course, later on, we discovered that these were not ordinary men. That they were like messengers from God, like angels or something. So I guess in hindsight, it was totally appropriate for Abraham to treat them like that. Although, of course, at the time, we had no idea. Well, that's quite a thought. The next time I see a stranger, I'm going to be just a little bit more generous because I might be entertaining an angel or even God himself without even knowing it. Wow. Now that's a thought. Anyhow, it was only after dinner that we discovered their true identity, that these weren't just ordinary guys. I was busy clearing up the plates, putting them onto my tray, when all of a sudden... These guys say to Abraham, where is your wife, Sarah? I almost dropped my train. Everyone else stood in stillness. Who had told them that Abraham's wife was called Sarah? And why did they want to speak to Sarah or or know where Sarah was? Well, Abraham said, there in the tent. I regained composure, collected myself, collected the dishes, and I was walking back into the tent, the very tent where Sarah was, when I heard the guy in the middle say to Abraham, I will surely return to you about this time next year. 
And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. I dropped my tray. Dishes all over the tent. This was the exact promise God had told Abraham. How did this stranger know about that promise? Suddenly I knew these were no ordinary men. These were like messengers from God, like a prophet or an angel. And I felt a bit intimidated. And so I glanced over to Sarah to see how she was reacting. And I noticed that she was laughing to herself. You know, that laughter of unbelief. And suddenly I remembered how I too had laughed to myself when Abraham had told me that Sarah would have a baby. You see, 90-year-old woman can't have babies. It's impossible. It would be a miraculous birth. It would be a supernatural birth. The only thing that could be more miraculous would be if a virgin had a, a gave birth to a baby. Imagine that. So Sarah laughed. But it wasn't just a laugh of disbelief. It was a laugh of hopelessness. It was a cynical laugh. And I heard her muttering under her breath, after I'm worn out and my husband is old, will I now have this pleasure? It was as if she was saying, this is just too good to be true. This is just too wonderful to be true. This will never happen for me. I will never experience this pleasure. I can't expect to experience the pleasure of a young married couple. I'm too old. I'm worn out. I'm like a threadbare old garment. A life of disappointment has taught me that this will never happen for me. I will never experience pleasure in my life. So she laughed. Laugh of hopelessness, a cynical laugh, a laugh of someone who no longer dreams. The stranger then said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. Everyone looked confused. I mean, Abraham was like, Sarah laughed, did she? You see, no one knew that Sarah had laughed to herself. Now I was feeling extremely intimidated. This guy knows everything. And suddenly it dawned on me. The reason, the purpose that these guys had come, the purpose of their visit was not to give a message to Abraham. It was to give a message to Sarah. They had come for Sarah. And even though Abraham was talking to, I mean, even though they were talking to Abraham, they were actually speaking to Sarah. That's why they'd asked, where is your wife Sarah? It wasn't that he didn't know. This guy knows everything. He wanted to get Sarah's attention. He wanted to make sure Sarah was listening, that she was eavesdropping from behind the tent. Wow. Even though Sarah had given up, even even though Sarah had taken matters into her own hands rather than trusting God and all the mess that it caused, even though Sarah had lost all hope and lost all faith, God had not given up on her. Even though she was faithless, God remained faithful to Sarah. And he came and he had a meal with them. And he says to Sarah, Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? Is anything too wonderful 
And in effect, what he was saying to Sarah was, I'm going to change your laughter. You've been laughing with a laugh of hopelessness, a cynical laugh. I'm going to change that laugh into a laugh of wonder and joy. Because I'm about to do something truly wonderful. Nothing is too wonderful for the Lord. Nothing is impossible for the Lord. You will have a son. Of course, Sarah felt so embarrassed when she found out she had been caught. And she also felt terrified and afraid because she suddenly realized this was a divine messenger. So she lies and she says, I did not lie. Which, by the way, is a very foolish strategy when you're dealing with someone who knows everything. (laughs) How would this divine messenger respond? He simply says, yes, you did laugh. He wants her to own it. He wants her to remember it. It's as if he's saying, I want you to remember that you laughed. You laughed with out of hopelessness. You laughed with a cynical laugh. Remember that because I'm about to change your laugh. You're going to laugh out of wonder. Because nothing is too wonderful for me. You know what I was really amazed with? I expected him to say, if you keep on laughing, you won't get in. If you don't have faith, then I won't do anything wonderful for you. But it's not about Sarah. It's not about how good Sarah is or how holy or how righteous she is. It's not about Sarah. It's all about God. It's all about how loving and gracious and wonderful God is. Remember you laugh. Because I'm going to do something wonderful. And it wasn't long after that. That Sarah became a new person. She was filled with joy and wonder. Her her relationship and her marriage with Abraham was restored. They were were in love again. They, They were like a young teenager couple, madly in love with each other. They were holding hands. They were gazing into each other's eyes. To be honest, it was quite sickening. And then Abraham announces, we're expecting You should have seen people's reaction. We went to this one party, Abraham with his walker. (laughs) Sarah clinging onto his arm. Hi, I'm Abraham. This is my wife, Sarah. We're expecting. (laughs) Expecting what, old man? To die soon? (laughs) No, we're expecting a baby. What, have you gone completely senile, old man? And they laughed. And they mocked them. But they didn't care. Sarah didn't care anymore. Because she was filled with wonder. Oh, and they're still laughing. They're still laughing. But no longer with a laugh of mocking. They're laughing with the laugh of joy and wonder. But they're no longer laughing at Sarah. They're now laughing with Sarah. Because she's just had a baby boy. No wonder they called him laughter. And God can do this for you. Have you lost the sense of wonder? Do you have that sense of hopelessness? Have you stopped dreaming dreams? Have you lost faith? Do you think, well, well, the idea that God loves me and wants a relationship with me and has a plan and a purpose for me is, is just too good to be true. And if it is true, I don't believe God would do that for me. I'm just worn out. 
Like a threadbare old garment. I'm a nobody. God wouldn't do that for me. I've had a life of disappointments that's taught me that this is just too good to be true for me. I want you to know there is nothing too wonderful for God. God can do this for you. God will do this for you. I've seen it. Yes, He can. I've seen it. I've seen it with Sarah. Sarah gave birth to a baby. God can do this for you. Doesn't mean if you, you're barren that you will literally have a baby, but He will fill your life with joy and wonder. See, you're only as old as your cynicism and as young as your dreams. And when the Spirit of God comes upon you, it will fill you with joy. You will see vision. Even old people will dream dreams. Yes, God can do this for you. And the greatest wonder of all, the greatest wonder of all, has to be the birth of the great, great, great descendant of this baby laughter. That birth, the birth of the Savior, is going to bring wonder and joy and amazement to the whole world. And everybody's laugh, everybody's mocking laugh, everybody's hopeless laugh, everybody's cynical laugh is going to change into a laughter of joy. Oh, God can do this for you. Put your trust in God. Draw near to Him. And allow Him to fill you with wonder. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that so often, like Sarah, we lose faith, we lose hope, we become cynical. Father, please forgive us. Father, we thank you that your love for us is not dependent on how good we are, how sorted we are, how spiritual we are, how righteous we are, but it's only dependent upon how good you are, that you love us because you love us because you love us. And you want to fill us with wonder. Oh, Father, won't you please, by your Spirit, fill us with your wonder again. Draw near to us. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.